literary alchemists, I'm Dave Robison. And I'm Marie Villadeau. And you've tuned in to the last episode of the Roundtable Podcast. <gasps> Gasp! Oh, That's horrible! It's terrible! Oh my God, you can hear you can hear the wailing and the gnashing of teeth, the tearing of clothes, the, the, the outraged screams of why? Why? But of course we're kidding. Sort of. We are? Kind of. Sort of. It is. It is. Te- okay. All right. Enough. Enough shenanigans and tomfoolery. Let's 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 bring it bring it down. Keep it real, guys. This is technically the last episode of the Roundtable podcast. Uh, but the shenanigans and brainstorming and creative froth uh, will continue and sustain on into who knows how many years to come. Uh, the big change is that we're not going to call it the round table podcast anymore. Oh, yes, I know it's. And, and the question is, well, what's the big difference here? Why, why change the name? Why mess with a good thing, Dave? And the only reason to mess with a good thing is to make it better. And that's the goal here. That's what we're trying to achieve. Uh, not so much by uh, changing the content or the heart of the roundtable, but rather by bringing it into a much larger organization, a much larger uh, creative process that is currently evolving in the world and will soon be released onto it. Marie, do you have any idea what this might be? I don't know, but I feel like you're just teasing us all right now. What could <laughs> horribly, what, cruelly, <laughs> cruel and well done? Whatever could it be, Dave? Whatever could it be? Well, for those of you that haven't heard of it, uh, there is a new a new story development tool being developed that is going to be released unto the world in August. It's called Archivos. And yes. it is, yay, Archivos, indeed. Let there be cheers and 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 the releasing of doves because it's fabulous. Um, Archivos is a, a story development software app that's being produced by Wonder Thing Studios. Uh, and in an effort to boost the profile and awareness of the Archivos experience and everything that it can mean for storytellers of all kinds, whether you're gamers or writers or or historians, educators, whatever. Uh, We want to bring the coolness and awesomeness of the round table into the Archivos experience of storytelling creativity. So, from this point forward, the very next episode of the round table is not going to be called the round table. It will be called Archivos Brainstorms. Yeah, same fabulous brainstorming creative froth but wrapped up and bundled under the Archivos umbrella so that people that are getting into the Archivos scene can experience the awesomeness of the Roundtable Brainstorm, and you guys can get introduced to the coolness of Archivos. That's the plan. Marie, what do you think? I think that sounds pretty damn cool, if I do say so myself. That's impressive. Thank you. Thank you. I am I am delighted. I'm delighted to do this. This seems to be a good move uh, uh, because the, the creative inspiration, the creative catalyst that, that the roundtable has represented for, for nigh on to five years now. I've always wanted to use that term wow. unironically. <laughs> Uh, nigh on five years now uh, uh, is very much in keeping with the same type of creative inspiration that I hope Archivos will be in the world. So it seems it seems like a good strategy to blend these two together. 
It does. That's really, and that's really something that's fascinating too, because you're a creative person, if I may say so, which I do. Thank you. (laughs) But you also encourage creativity and collaboration. Like you said, a literary alchemist. Now, why is that so important to you? Why is that something that you want to put out there so much to the world, both with the Roundtable podcast that you started and now with Archivos? Play a little tune for me as to why that is. (laughs) Well, this, this, this really kind of speaks to root causes, Honestly, it's uh, <laughs> I, I, the creative experience has been for a very long time uh, a, a very personal and intimate thing. Uh, I think, you know, inspiration strikes in, in the shower or while you're taking a walk or, or while you're in your own space. Um, and, and that's fine. And that's fabulous. That's a great way for, for creativity to be fostered. But as we found on the round table, when that creative spark is then nurtured and cultivated in a community, whether the community is, you know, a host, guest host, uh, a guest writer and co-host or a much larger community of, of podcasters or your writing group or a Facebook group or whatever, the, the possibilities and opportunities to expand it, to grow it, to be empowered and inspired by it grow exponentially. So the round table was very much created to celebrate and explore that acceleration, I guess, or amplification of the creative potential of any individual spark of an idea. And Archivos is very much the same experience. The idea behind Archivos is to be able to present your story settings, whether it be, you know, the, the, the setting of your story world or the setting of your game world. If you, if you play role-playing games or, or a, a historical setting, if you're an educator and you want to educate your students about the Renaissance, Archivos is designed to illuminate those stories by visually presenting the relationships between the elements that comprise that story. And by doing so, it creates this almost immediate visual aha moment of seeing how things interconnect, both in terms of character, in terms of geography and placement in the world, and chronologically in terms of a timeline, to see that cross-section of ideas linked visually in a way that that immediately hits your inner brain uh, (laughs) is is it's inspiring because it shows and reveals the patterns that make a story setting compelling and as as a storyteller developing your stories having those patterns laid out for you rather than having them spread out across a hundred different notebooks or, or, or <laughs> word documents or whatever, but to actually be able to see those structures manifest before you, it gives you, it empowers you to, to leverage those relationships and that network uh, to make your story better for a story fan. It, it, it's, it's a great celebration and affirmation of everything that you love about that story setting. So it's a great way to engage fans uh, with your story worlds. Again, whether it's gaming or, or, or education or, or literary. 
Love it. I love it. So this is really, yeah, this is really for everyone. It's not just a story that you're necessarily creating. It could be a, a story that you're exploring or something that you love, like the Trojan War, for example. You could just map that little sucker out on this. Exactly. Exactly. I love it. That's really brilliant. I, I mean, you've met, you've touched on some of these already, but can you give us a few of the specific uh, things that we'll be able to see on Archivos? And you've mentioned them already in little pieces here, but Tell us some of the things, the, the juicy tidbits that we can look forward to. <laughs> well, yeah, it's it's going to be an evolving thing. As, as we've discovered, we just wrapped up uh, an open call for beta testers. Oh, nice! Uh, and and we got we got a bunch. We got you know over almost two dozen uh, new beta testers added to the mix. Writers, gamers, uh, different genres, uh, different perspectives, and they've already been you know kicking the tires uh, on this not quite finished product. And God bless them for it because there's nothing more frustrating than an application that's almost <laughs> done but not quite. Um, but they've they've brought their own sensibilities in terms of what they want the app to do. So that's helping us understand even more where we need to refine and build. But to answer your question, the the key components, there's, there's two basic experiences of Archivos, one as a storyteller and then one as a fan. From the storyteller's perspective, the first thing Archivos lets you do is to document every story element in your story environment, whether it's history or fiction or gaming, whatever. And the first thing that you do is define a a story element type. And this really kind of unpacks and unlocks all of the features and options and potentials of Archivos, because it can be a character, of course. It can be a region or a location, which then opens up different mapping options and opportunities. Uh, It can be an event which can be assigned a date and a time. So in when you start talking about timeline displays, uh, you can zoom out to see you know thousands of years or zoom in to see a single day. Uh, and as the storyteller is, is evolving things, they can decide just how granular and specific they want to get. There's also things like disciplines, like magic or kung fu or psionics or, or what have you. There's also, uh, let's see, what else? There's there's items, there's organizations. So, you know, the, the, the churches or the, the mercantile consortiums or the, the political courts and factions, those can all be detailed. Once you define the type, then there's other properties that can be defined, but it also sets up that story element for the most important property, and that is the relationships between it and the other story elements. You know, characters have a different type of relationship with each other than they do with a location or an organization. And Archivos acknowledges that and has a, a rich listing of different relationship types that can then be defined. Once that storyteller experience of documentation is done, that's when you can start looking and seeing what you have wrought in in the various uh, display modes. And there's three key display modes for Archivos. One is the story web. And this is this is like an orbital map of the story elements in your setting. So you have like a central character. We tend to use Lord of the Rings a lot. So if you've got Frodo in the middle, then orbiting Frodo, you'll see Gandalf and Samwise Gamgee and Aragorn. Uh, So you can see very specifically that Frodo has relationships with those other story elements. So in this case, other characters. Then Gandalf 
and Samwise and Aragorn will each have their own little orbits around them, which will illuminate the relationships between those secondary and other characters in the setting. So in a single display, you can see, you know, it's basically, I guess it's like two degrees of Kevin Bacon instead of six. Uh, but but still, that gives you this wonderful swath uh, that we've found more often than not spans, if not all of the story setting, darn near most of it. And this display is filterable, so you can say, just show me the characters, or you know, only show me the, uh, uh, the relationships that involve personal connections. And you can search for it, too. So if you're not seeing what you're looking for, you say, where the heck is Sauron? Well, type in Sauron, and poof, Sauron shows up, and there's his orbits of stuffs and things. And then with all of these, if you click on any of these items in the story web display, this little pop-out window comes out with a summary description and related links that the storyteller can add into, you know, like a wiki entry or your website or even to Amazon. If you've got books, you know, that deal with this character or, or content out there, you can link directly from it so that people, fans that are looking at this can click that link and then go to that site, which is kind of cool. That's very cool. Um, so that's the story web and that's, that's what we're developing right now and what's causing everyone massive mayhem because, you know, <laughs> you, you think about the relationships between characters, it's like, oh, it's, it's all very linear. It's this to this to this. And it's not because Frodo is a member of the Fellowship of the Ring. And so is Aragorn. And Frodo knows Aragorn. So right there, you've got this triangle of association where all three of these guys are interrelated. And that's just one simple relationship. You throw a dozen of those in there and it becomes this rat's nest snarl. <laughs> and that's what the developers are confronted with right now. We're finding a way to untease that snarl so that the display is much more elegant and visual. Ooh, nice. I imagine when you get that like Marvel technology like Iron Man uses all the time there with the three-dimensional <laughs> display. Imagine that. Oh, see, I am. Give me, give me just a second. I need to. Oh, yeah, that's good. <laughs> someday someday marie that that's exactly what it'll be it's, it's coming just hang on <laughs> that's right that's right technology will catch up to us please god <laughs> but that's and that's just one of the display modes that's the story web which is very cool there's also the living map which focuses more on geography and basically you can upload uh, a map of your world you can upload a map of a country or even a, a city map or even a floor plan of a dungeon for that matter uh, and then by relating story elements to that region or that location, then you can place them on the map. Literally, you know, X, Y coordinates, position, Mirkwood Forest here, blah, blah, blah. And then in the living map display, those elements will show up as hotspots on the map that people can click on. And again, get that same summary information, click to see a full profile, which can be, you know, you can go wiki crazy in the full profile put pages and pages of stuff in there but you can see where battles occurred or or where critical events or critical locations are and the other cool thing is is that this thing is also filterable and searchable so you can search for like if you want to see all of the locations that frodo was involved in you can just type in Frodo in the search criteria and it'll filter out everything. And the only stuff that's displayed on the map are the locations and events that that particular character participated in. So it's this wonderful interactive filterable experience. 
The final display mode is the timeline, and this explores the interconnection of, of story elements through a chronological display. So from left to right, past to future, every event that the storyteller documents in Archivos is then laid out on this interactive timeline. They can see these little hot spots as, as the timeline goes from past to future. Uh, sequentially, you can click on them and again get that same nice summary. You can also see all of the story elements related to that event. So the location or region where it took place, the characters, the items, if Narsil was there or the ring was there or whatever. All of that stuff will be tied in as well. And then the full profile on top of that. And then the, the final cool thing about all of this is that all of these interconnect with each other. So as you're looking in the timeline, you're seeing Battle of Weathertop. Where the hell is Weathertop? There's a link right there. It says, go to living map and click and then boom, there's the event on the living map already highlighted for you. It's like, oh, that's right. That's where Weathertop is. Wow, that's really close to this other thing. I didn't realize that until I loaded Archivos and could see it on the map. Oh my God, it's amazing. <laughs> So, so those are the three main uh, uh, display modes that, that Archivos offers, both for the storyteller developing their story and, once it's developed, for the fan who can then look at those story worlds and interact with them and see what they're all about. That is really cool. There, there is a lot to this. So good on you. Where did you get the inspiration for this? <laughs> this is massive. It's like multiple Star Trek franchises smashed into one awesome <laughs> thing. And I say that highly. I'm, I'm quite in love with Star Trek. Indeed, you are. As, as anyone who knows you knows, you are, you are a full, full-on Trekkie. Well, the, the inspiration for this has been a long time coming. And honestly, I have a hard time pinpointing specific catalyst events. Other than one, there is one event that I can cite. And that is, I was looking at the visual thesaurus. Have you ever seen that, Marie, the visual thesaurus? Do you know what I'm talking about? I know the visual dictionary. Yeah, this is this is an app <laughs> that uh, came out years and years ago. Okay. And basically, the idea is that in the display, you have the core word that you're looking up, like hero. Uh, and then branching off of that in the same orbital patterns like I described characters are all of the synonyms for the word hero. So branching off that, you'll see champion or sandwich or paladin or whatever. So all of the synonyms are laid off around there. And then the synonyms for those words branch off of there as well. So it's this molecular network of related words presented in this visual format. And I remember looking at that very distinctly, and I've always been enamored of it because it's a great interface. It's an incredible tool. I was talking about this on the Mythwits podcast just a few days ago. Nice. Um, and looking at that, and I'm going, this network applies to everything. Everything could actually be mapped out in some way, shape, or form in this connection, this network of connectivity. And that 
began to tease in my mind as far as, well, how, what, what, what could you? Well, you could do stories. Really, could you do stories? How could you do that? And so, you know, it's, it's, it's this mind palace you put yourself into. You start playing with, <laughs> how does that work? And this, oh, that'd be kind of cool, blah, blah, blah. And eventually, and everybody out there has experienced this at some point, an idea bounces around in your head long enough and you keep adding to it and adding to it until it reaches this, this critical mass of creative weight and it drops out of your fantasy subconscious where you just where all the unicorns are and and you know all of that stuff and drops into this other part of your creative mind that says dude this could be real <laughs> and as soon as that happens it's like it could and then you start thinking and it's like okay this would be very cool but who would use it how could they use it how could it be applied and and things just kind of snowballed from there. So I've been literally, every, every person that I have worked with in the last 10 years, every development studio, every person that I've gone to the nine to five job with, when we go on our lunch breaks, they are sick and freaking tired of me talking about uh, uh, this application because it was all I would talk about. Actually, not exclusively, but it was there was a lot of time, a lot of sandwiches eaten discussing what this could be and how it could be. And finally, finally, it's now on the cusp of becoming reality. That is amazing. Congratulations. I mean, that's a lot of thinking and a lot of doing that went into that. So it really um, is. I mean, when I when I first put the company that's developing it for me is uh, a company called Gun.io. Uh, they're, they're, that's their name. And it's it's a contract development studio. And when I first approached them, I submitted Oh God, it must have been a 48 page prospectus of what <laughs> Archivos could be, what I wanted it to be. And they, they said, whoa, uh, uh, this is going to take years. So we started to, we started adopting the the principle of MVP, uh, which in development terms means minimum viable product. What is the absolute least that we can put together that still will have value to people that we can get out into the world? And that first incarnation of Archivos is what people are going to see at Gen Con in August. That's amazing. So you're going to have a booth at Gen Con then? People can find you there? Yes, ma'am. We're going to be at booth 3054. Uh, which, uh, uh, if, if you go out to the Archivos website at archivos.digital, A-R-C-H-I-V-O-S.digital, there's actually a map of the Gen Con Exhibitors Hall, and you can see Wonder Thing Studios is way off in the corner, way <laughs> in back. <laughs> We're gonna be way the hell back off the off the beaten path, but. Trust me, guys, you need to make that scene because because we're going to have uh, demo computers set up uh, uh, and people are going to be able to sign up for Archivos, get a full, uh, what is it? It, it, it comes out to be almost a year and a half of Archivos uh, at 20% off of the price, the special pre-beta launch special Gen Con pricing, 20% off on over a year of Archivos subscription goodness, which will give you full storytelling privileges and rights and features in the Archivos platform. Now, nice. Yeah, I think so too. I think so too. Um, and we'll talk more about Gen Con in a second. But just to, just to summarize, um, the Gen Con thing happens August 17th, and that's the best four days of gaming. So that's 17th, 18th, 19th, and 20th. 
the full open beta for Archivos launches September 1st. Mm-hmm. And then from September 1st, and people can get in on it and, and start creating stories in it on September 1st right then and there. September 1st through December 31st is the open beta. Uh, and, and this is where it's sexy, it works, it's helpful, but we're going to keep adding new features and new functions all the way through from September 1st through December 31st. So anybody that participates in there, you you guys are like gods to us. You are rock stars and we love you for it. Um, <laughs> on January 1st, 2018, the full public launch is happening and that's when all the curtains come down and everyone can access and play and frolic in the archivos storytelling world Ooh, i got shivers sir. <laughs> <laughs> you might be biased you might be biased uh, but the other cool thing about gen con is is that archivos is pleased and delighted to be one of the sponsors of the Gen Con Writers Symposium, which has been going on for years now. Mark Tassin is the is the evil genius that launches this thing, and they have the cream of the genre literary crop making the scene there. They've had Patrick Rothfuss, Kat Rambo, uh, Brad Bollier. I've seen Mike Underwood there. Um, I think Chuck Wendig was there one year, Delilah Dawson. They've just had an astonishing array of literary stars in constellation uh, around the, the Writer's Symposium with panels and workshops all weekend long. So Archivos is pleased and delighted to be a sponsor of that writer symposium. We're, we're sponsoring the kickoff dinner and uh, the Saturday hangout. And there's also going to be free one-year subscriptions to Archivos in the writer's symposium and details on that to come. But there's, there's tasty goodness to be had. Wow, that's amazing. You're certainly coming out of the gate strong, my friend. <laughs> well, it, you know, you, we talked earlier about, you know, that, that root cause and, and that inspiration. And really, things like the Writer's Symposium, things like, you know, the Clarion Workshop, things like uh, Odyssey and, and the work that they're doing. There are so many communities of creative support out there. Uh, organizations and individuals that are moving heaven and earth to make the creative process easier, more accessible, and more empowering for the people who are insane enough to make it their choice to delve into this world. And I've always felt that, you know, if you're going to be a part of a community, you need to support that community. So giving a shout out, you know, supporting and, and sponsoring the Writers' Symposium, giving a shout out to the Clarion Workshop, to Odyssey, uh, to all of the things that are going on out there. I think that's the responsibility of any member of this community to, to, to boost the signal on all the awesomeness out there to make sure everybody that can benefit from it does. I like that. That's beautiful. And now in your own world, just one more thing about Archivos. And Mm -hmm. I want you to close your eyes right now, Dave. And I want you to take a little moment. Take a deep breath, my friend. Uh, Okay, yes. Shaking it out. (laughs) Okay. Now I want you to see yourself two years and a half about into the future. Let's say we Mm. land in 2020. Okay. You're there? I am there. Okay, good. Now, I want you to think, and this is like, this is your 
rose-colored glasses, ideal version of 2020. What exactly is happening with Arcavos then? What excitement is being stirred on this creative pot? Oh, in 2020, so much has changed. You'd barely recognize (laughs) Arcavos then compared to Arcavos now. Um, One of the biggest things that has happened is that there is a whole separate branch of Archivos dedicated to the educational process. Uh, There's a whole separate branch division dedicated to creating features and functions within the application to facilitate educating students from, from elementary school all the way to grad school. Uh, We're talking things like prescriptive pre-quizzes that identify weaknesses in a student's awareness of a topic and then providing them links to direct content in the Archivos story setting that will fill in those gaps of knowledge. Uh, uh, The opportunity for students to write essays uh, within the Archivos framework, referencing specific elements of of the historical era they're studying, and then uploading them to the Archivos framework for review by their teachers, certainly, but also as a possible uh, content add to the full story setting itself so that these could be published papers from grad students, for example, exploring various aspects and nuances of classical literature or history. Uh, uh, So there's that whole sidebar thing where Archivos becomes the true education tool that we hope it can be. There's a whole nother subdivision dedicated to corporate articulation and messaging where you have massive global organizations, NGOs, uh, the UN, for example, uh, which is comprised of multiple organizations spanning the globe uh, with a cast of characters or staff uh, uh, numbering in the thousands. And Archivos is going to be used to help articulate to the public and to their peers the various agendas and initiatives of each of those divisions of this larger entity, being able to pinpoint where they are in the world, who is involved with them, and create direct connections between the people that need that information and the information itself. So Archivos is going to become a a corporate connectivity tool that illuminates the various uh, agenda and objective and goal networks across a vast corporate landscape. And wow. then the third division, and this is all going to happen by 2020, right? So this is like two years. <laughs> I'm feeling it. God, am I a dreamer. The, 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 there's going to be another, you know, Archivos is going to continue to be sexier and sexier with, with, you know, rolling timelines and, and all of these wonderful things. Uh, the feature set, the roadmap will take us long into the future. But one of the things that is my secret, secret heart of heart hopes is that within the story settings of Archivos, as you look at, for example, the story map, and you see these orbits of, of story elements, one orbiting around the other, there's an extra one in there, and it's got this question mark on it. And when you click it, it says, add your character to the story web. Ooh. And now users can create user-generated content and add to the canon of their favorite story settings. 
So like if you've always, you know, if you've done like cosplay of the of the bartender at the Prancing Pony that no one knows who is what his name is and what his background is, but you have that. You can add that character to the story web. And now everybody can see, oh, holy crap, there's the bartender at the Prancing Pony. His name is George. I had no idea. Uh, and then let's say you've worked up a little fan fiction with George and Aragorn and Frodo. Uh, you can upload that to the Archivos framework, link Aragorn and Frodo and George to your story. So the next time anybody's looking at Aragorn, for example, in their pro- in that in Aragorn's profile, they'll see, oh, look, here's some fiction that features Aragorn. I should check that out. And now we have a story swapping, shared world, user generated, true collaborative story setting that empowers and excites and invites creative expression and builds on the passion that the core canon story evokes in its readers and its audience. Wow, that is that is quite a little time travel trip. So what I'm understanding, <laughs> though, from this visioning is that we want to get on board right away. Uh, yes, That's- I cannot emphasize that enough. Getting on board now, <laughs> uh, uh, first of all, anybody that signs up before December 31st, uh, uh, is going to have special status. They, they'll have a badge on their profile. Uh, they're, they're something. We're still trying to figure out how to express uh, uh, the gratitude and appreciation of vision that they had getting in uh, as early as they did. But uh, we will find a way to do that. But absolutely, because this thing is just going to keep growing and growing and growing. It literally, if, if, if I have my way, it's going to redefine how we as a culture interact with and perceive stories. That's my goal. Wow, that's that is a lofty goal, my friend. And knowing you, you can totally pull it off. So I look forward to seeing the journey. Uh, you're very kind. And yes, it, by golly, your 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 gaze should exceed your reach, right? Uh, uh, you should always be looking farther than you can grasp, because then that just pushes you to grow and reach farther and harder and better. Now, um. For anyone who's currently in the throes of uh, grief, if I may say so, for the Roundtable podcast, and you talked a little bit about it at the beginning, but what can they expect from now on when it comes to the podcasting wonders of Dave Robison? <laughs> well, the Roundtable podcast is going away in name only, as we as we said earlier. Moving forward, it's going to be the Archivos brainstorms, and we're going to continue our, you know, pretty much every. Every three weeks, I think we've we've had a, a brainstorm event uh, uh, introduced into the feed, and we're actually going to continue that, but we're going to expand it because really, I, I don't want Archivos to be defined exclusively by the the brainstorming froth and mayhem of the brainstorm. That's definitely one aspect of it, but there's so much more to the the storytelling landscape that Archivos hopes to examine. So as we move forward, in addition to the brainstorms, we're going to have interviews with 
storytellers from all walks of life exploring their process in terms of how they define and identify the the core elements of their stories and then evolve them into a, a functioning narrative. We're going to have panel discussions where we explore different aspects of storytelling in the modern age. Uh, we're going to have uh, questions that we ask a dozen different people, the one question format, basically trying to find as many perspectives as possible that we can bring to bear on the storyteller's craft so that the Archivos feed becomes the place to go to get inspirations, uh, the, the cutting edge of where storytelling is going, opportunities, tactics and techniques and skills to help you become a better storyteller, to refine your craft and then find new ways to share that craft with the people that want to consume it. Uh, so well, there will be multiple feeds of, of the Archivos Storytellers craft, and each of them will be available through the Archivos website, and that's A-R-C-H-I-V-O-S dot digital. Now, for fans of the roundtable, I, I am not taking it away. I will not, You're not going to have to go into your <laughs> pod feed and go, oh, God, I need to redo this. No, you don't. It's always going to be roundtablepodcast.com. It's always going to be Writer's Podcast, although we'll be probably promoting more through the Archivos Twitter feed, which is Archivos Stories. Uh, but I will not be shutting down anything roundtable related. It'll look different, but it'll still function the same way. Good, good. And nobody panic. Is the That's main right. Nobody here. panic. Nobody freak. Uh, it's all good. It's all good. <laughs> awesome. Well, you've described Archivos beautifully. I think we all have an idea of where we're headed now. Yes. And uh, is there anything else that you wanted to add? Just basically the best way to stay on top of Archivos is to sign up for the newsletter. And if you go to the website, let me say that one more time. A-R-C-H-I-V-O-S dot digital. There's a link right at the top that says sign up for the newsletter. Get on that bad boy and I promise you we won't spam you. We won't give away your information, but we will provide you directly through your inbox all the updates, insights, and developments in the the manifestation of Archivos in the world. That, that's beautiful. The lowering of the voice there. It, it, it's, it's a good way to do it. <laughs> it's, it's that professional voice actor thing. <laughs> yeah, I like it. I like it. Well, I've signed up for the newsletter, and I'm excited to see where this goes. So, uh, fantastic. Thank you for everything that you do for the creative community, by the way. I mean, on my behalf here, because I think this is going to be a tool I'm certainly going to enjoy. Uh, you're you're very kind. And and thank you. I The reason that I give as much as I do is because I've gotten so much from them. As, from the moment I, I launched the roundtable, there was this incredible outpouring of community and support. And, and when you are the recipient of so much compassion and generosity and and support you're kind of a douche if you don't turn around and do it again <laughs> right if you don't don't pay it back uh and and i am anything well sometimes i'm a douche but but i try not to be uh so i am i am deeply inspired to make sure that i give back as much as i get uh if not more just because this is such an astonishing community and god we need stories more than ever these days you know 
I think not only should we sign up for the newsletter to keep up on archivals, we should uh, also sign up to the Dave Robinson philosophy of giving back to the community. I think that's a good one, too. <laughs> uh, I'll need to start that feed. <laughs> I'll need to get that bad boy running. So there you go, friends. That's the that's the long and the short of it, and certainly the long. <laughs> Heaven knows this is just how we roll here at the roundtable. We can't do anything quickly, right? We uh, love it. But but Marie, thank you. Those those questions were wonderful, and I feel I feel somewhat like I've gone through a psychoanalysis analysis at this point. I feel like I've been on the sofa talking about my mother or something. It's it's very cathartic. Thank you. <laughs> and anytime, anytime. This was really wonderful. Thank you for everything. Indeed. That was a fun journey. That was. I, I enjoyed it too, and I love sharing it with folks. So stay tuned to the archivos brainstorm feed my friends uh we will have guest hosts guest writers brainstorms and creative froth pouring forth into your ears in no time flat we're currently arranging our schedule as soon as we have stuff writ down in dark dark ink upon the calendar we shall share it with you uh and uh you know the best way to get on top of that Sign up for the newsletter at archivos.digital, A-R-C-H-I-V-O-S <laughs> dot digital. So that's it for us on this end. Uh, uh, until next time, uh, Marie, any advice for our, for our listeners as they prep for this transitional experience? You know, I think it's important to remember to take a deep breath, to close your eyes, and to see yourself in 2020. And then imagine that you are listening to a podcast and that, yes, you can still hear the wonders of the Roundtable podcast in archivos format. So fear not. There is a good time to come. So just visualize, my friend, and, and hang on. We'll be back. That's me beat snapping my appreciation for your fabulous, fabulous advice. <laughs> Outstanding. Outstanding. I couldn't agree more, Marie. You give the best advice. And I will tell you, friends, as I always do, that you find what you're looking for. I've been looking for Archivos for a long damn time, and holy crap, I found it. So it works. Uh, and it can work for you, too. So look for the wow. Look for that stellar vision. Look for that thing that you know should be in the world but isn't. And if you look for it and seek it out and reach for it, I promise you, friends, you will find it. We will talk to you again so very, very soon. Until then, you guys stay cool, stay frothy, and stay awesome. And we'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye. <laughs>